Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Happy New Year's Eve, Eve. You're in the doghouse here on the Believe Network. Yes, it's a New Year's Eve, Eve edition of the doghouse with your host here, David Murray. And here is the Atlantic coast of Florida. Okay, I'm not lost. I know that the ReliQuest Bowl game Monday is in Tampa. And in fact, I was in Tampa yesterday for the coach's press conference with Coach Zach Arnett, as well as a chance to attend practice and talk to a couple of Bulldogs. The reason I'm over here and had my feet in Atlantic water this morning, very cold by the way, is that my wife Kathy, her son has a home in a place called Hope Sound, just off the intercoastal waterway. So yesterday I made the transition from here to Tampa and back last night listening to satellite radio of a college bowl game after covering some business, filing a couple of stories today. I have to say I've never written a story with an oceanfront view but there I was under a shed on Hope Sound Beach, Black Sand Beach, by the way, with the Atlantic waves rolling in, the Atlantic wind blowing in pretty briskly also, 75 degrees, warm sand, cold water. It's still, it's a heck of a way to spend your New Year's Eve Eve when the previous weekend is startable. It was 9 degrees, and I'm trying to walk our two deadly attack Morkies when the last thing they wanted to do was go outside to take care of their business. Well, quite a transition, but that's what bowl season is about, and that's why teams talk still this this day and age about playing in a Florida Bowl. Hey, it still matters, and Mississippi State is very much in a Florida Bowl Monday, 11 o'clock Eastern. They're taking on Illinois in the ReliQuest Bowl. By the way, yes, I did look up that ReliQuest is a software security company of some sort. And in fact, at the press conference yesterday, they presented a Make It Possible Award I don't know what clever marketing type came up with that, but uh, maybe they want to look into another line of work. Anyway, it was given to one player from each team who makes something or other possible, I guess, winning games. Well, both teams had defensive players named. In Mississippi State's case, it was Cameron Young, who's taking home a very nice little trophy of his own uh, for his last college game and heading into professional sports soon. I think he'd rather, though, come home with his team with a ninth victory on the season and another trophy for the whole team to share, mostly, though, for his coach and his former coach. We'll talk about that in a moment. First, let's take care of some business, and our business is with our sponsor, BetOnline. It remains your number one source for all your betting needs this season, everything from NFL and bowl season to eSports. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. I can imagine a few, but I don't think you'd want to bet on them. (laughs) BetOnline is always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports, leagues, and events. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus for your first deposit. Hey, 50% coming on the heels of Christmas when the gifts have been given, but the credit card bills are yet to come due. That's pretty welcome. So make sure to use the promo code BLEAV, all caps, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Well, the game starts, as I noted, Monday, just before noon here local time in Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. I had a chance to drive past it yesterday going to the team practice following the coach's press conference. And yes, the pirate ship is still there. I can see the mast and stale sticking out above it. 
Jesuit High School is actually within a couple long punts of Raymond James Stadium where the Bulldogs are going through practice again today. And Saturday, they'll have a walkthrough in the stadium on Sunday, and then it's time to play ball on Monday. So what are my takeaways from the coach's presser? Well, I got over there and had a chance to chat informally with Zach Arnett as he waited for it. In fact, he was in workout gear because, as he told people, said, hey, we got to go straight to practice, so let's make this quick. Not because he didn't want to talk to his press. Then again, maybe he didn't really want to talk to his press, but that was not his main reason. He wanted to go have another practice with his team to get ready for this bowl game. That said, once it started, he and Coach Brett Bielma had a good old time talking to each other about, you know, in a way, it should not be a surprise. I mean, think about it. Zach Arnett, a career defensive guy makes his living on aggressive, hard-nosed, tough defense, and here he is playing a coach who makes his living on aggressive, hard-nosed, playing down in dirty football, especially in the offensive side of the squad. Now, Arnett was not around for any of those games when Bielma brought his Arkansas teams to town. In fact, none of the current Bulldogs were. Well, let me think. Was uh, Austin Williams on the roster in 2017? Well, yes, he was, in fact, so he would have seen it, but he plays offense, so he couldn't do, he couldn't advise a whole lot on how to handle those Razorback defenses and now the our offenses and the offense that Illinois is going to bring onto the field Monday, very much in Bielma's image of a power running game, big physical lineman, and more so than anything, kill the clock. Use up all the time possible, put some points on the board, and get the other team off to a slower start and make them play behind the curve. We saw him do it at Arkansas, and there's a way to beat it. Get the ball first, go score, and then when they use up their seven, eight, nine minutes on a drive, make them settle for a field goal, maybe even settle for no points, go down and score again, and you're dictating terms for the rest of the day. Hey, that's awfully simple, isn't it? Well, bowl games are so unpredictable now with the opt-outs. I know Illinois is going to be missing a couple of guys, although apparently they got one of their top defenders back for this game. Mississippi State, on the other hand, the state is in really good position on the roster because with the return of Emmanuel Forbes, who did decide to play this game, now the defense is about as full strength as you want it to be. The offense, yeah, you're going to be missing Dylan Johnson and Ra-Ra Thomas, who have decided to take their talents elsewhere next year. At least they have as of now. Thomas, of course, headed for Georgia. Dylan Johnson, his situation still yet to fully unfold. At least I haven't heard any updates since I got down here to Florida on Monday evening. Following that, Otherwise, State should be in excellent position to put a really comfortable starting lineup together. The only exception, of course, being uh, Cameron Jones will not be on the offensive side of the line. His place will be taken at tackle. Uh, I believe Dollar Bill Johnson certainly will be starting out on that end. You can move Nick Jones to the other tackle position, or you can start shuttling inside and outside. We have not been able to watch practices, so we can't report directly, but you've got some flexibility with that offensive front and how you want to attack at this game. They built up a little bit of depth this year. That's going to come in very handy because we expect a certainly very physical game against the Illini defensive team. But what we did see as the team was practicing yesterday, again, no direct observation, just standing at a safe distance as we waited to talk to players, was uh, they seemed to be enjoying themselves. In fact, the practice was only supposed to last about 90 minutes, and it went more closer to two hours because there was a lot to get done despite the fact they had to immediately head to Bush Gardens for the scheduled player outing 
And you got to wonder what the critters out there at that reserve thought about these fresh-from-practice smelling bulldogs who showed up. you got to think uh, maybe they were the ones intimidated and not the guys in Adidas workout gear. Okay, just having a little fun there. But the bulldogs were having fun, too, at practice. The coach's press conference. Again, Zach Arnett, you can tell that he wanted to get about business, but once the conversation was going and I was able to throw in a couple of questions, Stefan from the Clarion Ledger was there. In fact, we're the only two Mississippi media to make it to cover the coach's presser. More will be coming down for the game itself, including our own Mike Nemeth from Jeans Page, who will be arriving on Sunday for Monday's game. But the fun part was talking to him a little bit off record and then talking to the three players. We had access to Will Rogers, Emmanuel Forbes, and Jet Johnson. Okay, what I'm about to say next has the potential to be taken very wrongly. I want to be really careful how I say it. And even then, I know some will misinterpret it. I do not want this to come across as a slight against the former coach. It is absolutely not intended to bring that reaction. But at the same time, I would be remiss if I did not make very clear that the consensus among the players we spoke with, and for that matter, other members of the Mississippi State staff, administration, we've had a chance to chat with informally because there have been so few interview opportunities since the tragic passing of Mike Leach. Everyone isn't just happy. They're not even just excited. They are thrilled that Zach Arnett is now the head football coach at Mississippi State University. There, I put it out there. If you want to read any kind of slights on the former administration into it, hey, knock yourself out. That is not what I meant, but I know some will want to. Just take it for what it's worth in that regard. I can tell you that these Bulldogs, they want to win for themselves. And absolutely, they want to win this game for their former head coach because they honor and admired Mike Leach. They even loved him in their own way. But let me tell you something, gang. It is easy to tell they want to win this one for their new coach. They want to win for Zach Arnett. They want him to get his coaching regime started off the right way, the best possible way, with a bowl victory over a name opponent from a Power 5 conference. It is impossible for me, and I can sure overstate a lot of things, as you know, but it's impossible for even me to overstate the absolute impressiveness of how these players talk about their new coach. And you can watch the videos we provided. Yes, that's a shaky hand phone uh, recording done by myself. So allow for the lousy camera work. I was once much better with a camera, a real camera, not a video camera. But just look at their expressions. Look at their tone of voice, how they say things. They weren't talking out of rote or using player speech or being nice, worried about how it'd be taken. They sincerely enjoy the fact that they're going to be playing a game for Zach Arnett and this staff. Jet Johnson summed it up beautifully. You can read the feature that we posted today on Gene's page. I could have run a straight Q&A, but you've got the, the video there if you want to use it. I figured a feature would tell the story better, so I wrote it. In fact, that's what I wrote while I was sitting there on the Atlantic beach. It's the fact that you know, Jet claims a little credit for knowing almost immediately that this was a coach who was going to become a head coach sooner rather than later was his words. 
Well, it sure turned out to be sooner, less than three years now, in fact, and Zach Arnett is the head coach and his head coach. But when Jet talked about the offensive players love Coach Arnett and the defense, obviously, but the offensive players too, and then Will Rogers' own comments about their happiness and their respect for this promotion, it doesn't take a whole lot of football genius to see. This is a football team that, in all aspects, is behind this new coach. I think they might, in fact, have been very disappointed had anyone else gotten the job. And that's not just a fact that they know this guy. No, it's because they do know him, and not in the sense that they feel safe or comfortable or, okay, we know where we stand or that kind of thing. No, they think he's the best coach for Mississippi State football for them, for this coming season, for seasons ahead that they won't even be around to see. That, to me, rings more true than anything else I've heard ever since the hiring took place. And We had a chance to talk to Coach Arnett on signing day, of course, enjoyed it. But getting to talk to players for the first time about their new coach, this just reverberated with me. And I've been through this a few times, obviously. Quite a few head coaches have been hired since I've been here, then fired, and new ones brought in. And play, I, I've never had a player come out and say a really bad thing about the new coach because they just didn't know him. But again, this is a totally unique situation. Mississippi State has never had a coaching change before a bowl game. They've never had a coaching change where a new head coach was going to lead them. And, of course, Dan Mullen left before the bowl game 2017, but that was an interim staff taking it, and they knew that Coach Greg Knox had no chance of being the head coach because Joe Moorhead had already been hired by the time the bowl was played. No, this is unprecedented, that they get a new coach and get to play a game with him as a veteran team before he starts putting together his own coaching staff, a little more on that later, before he starts practicing with them as a distinct unit. He is taking over an established team, and this established team is not even the least bit skeptical. They've already bought into him wholeheartedly before he's even called a play. (laughs) Never mind uh, set the starting lineup, which, by the way, will probably set itself pretty easily going into the game. It's fascinating to watch. I, I think that just says so much good about the potential he has to keep this program going on the right track. But take it in a better direction too. Okay, that's also a risky statement because it's going to be heard as a slight again on the Mike Leach regime. So I'm walking a fine line in that regard. I certainly do not want to disrespect anything that Coach Leach did to transform this program offensively and in several other ways that maybe don't show up on the stat sheet but are certainly there for observers of the program. But I think he left the program in better shape than he found it. Most coaches are supposed to do that, but he did. And now Zach Arnett is going to take it not in a different direction, let's just say in a better direction. I mentioned that we had a little bit on the uh, coaching situation. We, uh, there's, I can't tell you who the offensive coordinator is going to be because I don't know. I don't think even he knows at this point because they want to get through the bowl game, get through the bowl camp, and take care of that, and then get serious about what's going to happen now. I don't expect a promotion inside this staff, certainly. I'm pretty sure everybody would agree with that, that Mississippi State will be looking for a full-time offensive coordinator to step in. I expect a couple of members of this staff, at least maybe most of the staff, to be looking for other jobs already, some of them 
believe it's time for them to take over their own programs as a head coach, and some are going to use their connections and find situations elsewhere because, face it, the offensive staff came here with Coach Leach. They were his guys, which is no bad thing at all. And now it's time to go their own directions and establish their own identities as a coach, tied not to somebody else, but be their own men in the profession. And I think they'll thrive in that regard too. But whoever is brought in as offensive coordinator, he's got the great fortune of inheriting a quarterback, a bunch of receivers, a decent makings of an offensive line that has to be largely reassembled, a couple of good running backs, but also some new talent coming in in those positions. So it is almost certainly expected that the offense will not be drastically changed, but will adapt, adjust, evolve into a more modernized version. Do we even call it the air raid anymore? That's a thought for future reference because now I'm going to start writing stories in 2023 about this next team, and do I even call the the offense the air raid? Hmm. That'll be interesting. I have to see what the new offensive coordinator decides he wants to call it before I start using labels there. But by all indications, you expect to have a a more modernized type offense that adds more of a vertical passing game element that makes better use of the running game maybe not in quantity, but in quality, and, and here's the big and. Let's put it this way. When your own wife looks there and says, how come the quarterback doesn't run here and does everywhere else? Well, hey, it don't take somebody's watch football forever to know that State's got to have that that club in the bag. And this is said by somebody who has played one half of a round of golf his entire life. But you've got to have that element now to keep defenses at least thinking honestly and certainly on third and fourth down situations. So I expect that to adjust. And by the way, Will Rogers can run. Uh, He's no Chris Relf. He's no Dak Prescott. But neither is he a Tyler Russell. And Russell could gain a few yards if he had to. Will Rogers can run the ball if he needs to. I think he'll be asked to more. And certainly once he has moved on, after his senior season, when he's bashed more records, probably set them beyond reach, in fact, then State will start adapting further to the next quarterback, and you'll see a more better rounded offensive. Okay, a lot of that speculation on my part. Uh, is it wishful thinking after a few years of frustration saying, run the ball a little? Eh, probably some of that's leeching in at this point. Why did I, why did I say that? That sounds terrible. I, I skipped that. Seeping in. What a terrible choice of words on my part. Forgive me. That was not at all Freudian, I hope. Anyway, let's try to get this back on track somehow. By the way, too, I'm hand-holding the mic, sitting at a table here in a kitchen in Florida with this hooked up to the laptop, so the lack of quality of this podcast, well, besides its normal lack of quality just because of who's doing it, Uh, There may be a few technical issues as well. Just bear with me on this. Um, Okay, where was I wandering and rambling through there? Yeah, the offense will be adapting to the new coordinator. Do I expect Chad Bumpus to be on staff? Well, I'm certainly hoping. He had a chance to join it for this past year. It was not going to be a receiver's position because Drew Hollingshead was promoted. And I've got to say, that turned out to be a good call by Coach Leach. Not that I thought it would be a bad call in the first place, but I think it was better than anyone expected it to turn out. Not just because he worked well with his receivers, but because remember, Hollingshead was a quality control analyst working closely with Will Rogers the first two seasons as well. So that kind of link between quarterback and receivers 
in the practice aspect, the game-calling aspect, I think that bore fruit for Mississippi State this past year and made Rodgers a better-rounded quarterback and certainly rounded out the receivers. That said, I think it's time to bring Chad home. Uh, He could have come back last year in a running backs coach position because, remember, State totally shuffled that around as well. He chose not to. That was his choice. And we can argue whether it was the wise call or not because if Chad's ambitions are to be an offensive coordinator and eventually head coach someday, he could have gotten a head start on it by working with running backs and not just receivers. Then again, he's going back to the Rose Bowl this year, so I am not about to say that Bump made a bad decision by any means. And by waiting, it looks like he should get his opportunity this year, unless I'm very surprised, and I can be. I think that Chad Bumpus has an excellent chance of being on the offensive staff for this coming year, depending, of course, on who the coordinator is and what he wants to put together. But um, if anybody should dare ask the advice of a few of us locals, we'd say, go get the Tupelo boy. Not just because he caught a few passes around here before and he's shown he can coach receivers in another league out west. You need every recruiting reach you can in the state of Mississippi. And if you'll go back and read the story we posted earlier with Coach Arnett when he said recruiting Mississippi is the goal here. And it's certainly going to show in coming years. So that's just me. Again, a lot of talking off my own head here, which is a little fuzzy because I've also been sleeping on an air mattress in the guest house. Hey, first world problems and all that, huh? Yeah, when the outside is 80 degrees, I'm not going to complain about anything at this point. Of course, Mississippi State is approaching this bowl game. They want to win. But the bowl camp, too, and uh, Zach Garnett, and by the way, Coach Bielma said the same thing, that they used the campus sessions of uh, the allowed NCAA practices to work as a kind of a pre-spring, a pre-off-season plan. I think he was also using it as far as how to continue recruiting during the uh, period. Let's see, the portal is still open until January 15th, and the next period is May 1st through May 15th. Comment he made yesterday, both coaches were asked about the transfer portal. I'm not going to get into their answers about what they think of it or not. You can tell both of them have adapted to the fact that it's reality. They are not coaches to sit there and say, oh, woe is us. We hate dealing with this. We wish it never happened. They've already moved past it. But something Coach Arnett said is the reason I bring this up. He said that because the portal, now guys are going to look elsewhere for other opportunities, and he accepts that fact. What he also came out and said quite bluntly is, and here we will continue to recruit because of the portal. And he didn't mean just continue to recruit for that May 15th period or for during the summer or next fall. He meant right now. Mississippi State is still recruiting after the successes of December 21st signing day. They look to add some more players. As we talked about last week, they certainly want at least one new wide receiver to come in and somebody who can play instantly in the rotation. Uh, I think they want, if not just one, possibly two offensive linemen because you can never have enough of those in this league, especially what state stands to lose after this and next year. Absolutely a veteran safety. You've got to have a real playmaking safety move in, and by uh, no coincidence, that's Zach Arnett's own field position this past year. He'll be giving it up to a new member of the defensive staff this coming season, but they're looking for that. You know, no joke, a place kicker. You've got to find a new place kicker because both of them were graduate transfers this year and they're moving on. But Arnett's attitude about it is that, hey, 
kids, you're fully free to go look, and we are equally free, and in fact, equally obligated to go keep recruiting, because your state is not going to be left short by somebody deciding between now and January 15th, all of a sudden, I see an opportunity elsewhere, or somebody just offered me a bigger NIL deal. By the way, NIL never got discussed yesterday by the coaches, thankfully, because there's still so much taking place on that, but State is not going to get caught short by somebody leaving suddenly without a chance to work, having scouted and found an opportunity to go offer somebody. Whether they take it or not, that will have to be seen. But State is going to have a list of guys ready to offer if they feel the need to plug somebody in immediately. Ooh, what are we, 24 minutes already here? Yeah, the players want to win for themselves, as I said. They want to win for Mike Leach, and there will be all sorts of memorials for him in this coming event. The pirate ship and Jet Johnson had a great comment on that yesterday, too. The fact that uh, he said that God is probably going to wink at the stadium with that pirate ship here as Mississippi State plays a game in honor of Mike Leach. But they want to win for their new coach, too. And this new coach wants to win because he wants to settle tone for going into the new season. He called this game a springboard, and the players echoed it as well. They want to use this as a jump-off, not as the end of one season, but in all sorts of ways, the beginning of not just a new era, but a new season themselves. No, it won't count on the 2023 record, but the results of this bowl game could very much factor into how Mississippi State plays out the coming season, which, what, eight home games? And, by the way, parenthetically, quite possibly the last season of the current 2-6 uh, type rotation, I'm sorry, 6-2 rotation that's been going on for a decade now. Uh, Oklahoma and Texas will be in the SEC by 2024. That's my prediction. I'm not the only one to say it, but I've been predicting it since last year once I thought, oh, wait a minute, the new SEC TV contract goes into effect for 2024-25, and do you think Texas and Oklahoma – Want to pass up on a year's worth of that cash? Oh, no. And frankly, the SEC's network partners want to get them in as well and start revamping the schedule, which runs out after the 24 season officially. I think it's going to be redone in a 3-6 format. Yep, I'm calling it. There are going to be nine games on the SEC schedule. That's not good for state, but that's a lecture for another day. Why do I bring this up right now? Because the other sort of news going on at Mississippi State revolves athletic director. Uh, we discussed last week it looked like they were down to three and possibly two finalists. Well, the interviews never took place because those finalists actually had teams playing games earlier this week, and Dr. Mark Keenum had his own obligations with the Bulldogs coming to Tampa. So from what we understand, January 5th will be the day at least one and possibly all the remaining interviews will take place. And after that, a finalist selected and invited to campus. And as you know, once they're invited to campus, that's saying he's the guy. It's up to him to say no at that point. And if he comes to campus already holding current job, ain't coming here to say no. Uh, right now, of course, Jared Binko is in the list, the athletic director at Georgia Southern. We believe that uh, John David Wicker from San Diego State has dropped from contention. I understand that Laird Vietch from Memphis, his stock has slipped as well. And a name that is reappearing now that our own Mike Nemeth wrote about when the search first started up, um, Mike Alford from Florida State, one-year baseball player at Mississippi State, who's been down in Tallahassee for a long time as AD. In fact, his team celebrated a win last night, which I listened to on my drive back from Tampa. I'm not going to say who I was pulling for, but his team was able to get that win on 
a field goal. Now, he's making a whole lot of money from what we understand down at Florida State. The fact that he would be interested in this job makes you go, hmm, is that a reflection of the fact that maybe he sees more long-term job stability in the Southeastern Conference than, say, the Atlantic Coast Conference, where they're tied down with a TV contract through, I believe, 2032, if not even longer than that? That's something to consider. But the reason I bring up the AD situation is that of course, State will be looking to add a new one. They don't have to come in and hire a new football coach. That's been taken care of. Basketball's in good shape already. No, the new AD, one of his leading jobs will be not just finishing the facilities projects and getting NIL funding as much as the school is allowed to right now taken care of. It's this new conference reorganization. State needs a strong voice at the table. Yes, Dr. Keenum is the strongest voice possible from State, and a very strong one in the SEC by any measure, but you need that athletic director sitting with his peers when they start hashing out scheduling, permanent scheduling, the rotations as well. State needs an AD on the job in that regard, and it needs to be somebody who has an idea of what's going on in this region, in this conference. So there's some now pressure to get it done. All of you on the message boards who keep saying, well, State could have done this you know, within days of John Cohen leaving. No. State owed it to the future of this program, all the programs, to take their time, evaluate the best candidates, find somebody who works not just for now, not just can raise a little money right now, not just who can finish your food facilities, or even would have potentially had to hire a coach. No, they need somebody to set a term for, uh, set a tone for the long time, because things are about to change a lot in college sports. I fully expect within a few years, NIL will become under the school's management. They'll somehow get the Title IX issues taken care of, and then it'll be up to schools to take care of it, and outside initiatives will be folded into their departments. you got to have an AD who understands how to raise funds for it directly instead of just coaxing people to give to those third-party organizations, which is still a valuable service. Don't get me wrong. I mean, listening to satellite radio for a couple of teams on radios, giving the broadcast, I was bouncing back and forth between Oklahoma and Florida States, for example, and there you're hearing the plugs each are giving for their own booster clubs and their own cooperatives to raise money for NIL. Well, then you know the schools are just one step away from taking it over entirely. That's going to happen in the future. Of course, conference expansion or more likely conference consolidation is over the horizon with the new TV contracts taking place. You know, the Big Ten just uh, arranged a humongous deal, which tops even the SEC's announced in 2020. Big 12 has a deal. Now the Big um, the Pac-12 is exploring the chance of not just partnering up with traditional broadcasters, but with major corporations and certainly major information outlets and digital corporations. That's something whoever comes in has got to have an ear for because he needs to make his voice heard when the SEC considers these things. So there's a lot more at stake in hiring this athletic director than there would have been not all that long ago. In fact, um, not even as of uh, December 30th, 2021, when State was coming off that awful loss in Memphis. By the way, when I did my bowl re-rankings this year, Usually it takes some work to plug one in inside well, where from 1 to 25 in this case would it stand? No, that was easy. Last year's Liberty Bowl went straight to the bottom, number 25, 
maybe you disagree a little bit, but I doubt you would disagree a whole lot if you were there at the game, as I was, miserable evening in Memphis, glad I ain't back there this year. But now we're expecting a much better bowl for the Bulldogs this time. I know I've rambled a good bit. It's time to shut this down because y'all have got some New Year's Eve stuff to start preparing for and a holiday to celebrate and hopefully all the more January 2nd here late morning in sunny Florida. Well, it's actually kind of overcast right now as we record this, but still in the mid-70s. Hey, not complaining, but I'll be in Tampa by New Year's Eve myself. And I hope to see y'all at the game, or at least wave in passing. Remember, there's a fan gathering in the south part of the stadium that starts about 9 o'clock before the game. Show up, make yourselves heard, get those cowbells out loud and proud. I've noticed a lot more pickup and interest about the game since the naming of Coach Arnett, the fact that guys like Emmanuel Forbes have decided to play. The state wants to put a best effort out there. And frankly, everybody's ready for a little warm weather for a change down here. So if you're still sitting on the fence, get down here. You'll enjoy it. You'll have a good time. Commemorate Mike Leach. Thank him for what he did. But more so, let's watch the start of a new era as Mississippi State kicks off the Zach Arnett tenure as head Bulldog coach. And as the 2022 Bulldogs don't just try to finish one season strong, but to start that new era strong themselves. Well, that's our podcast here for today in the Doghouse on the Believe Network. I'm your host, David Murray, and I'm wishing you all, if we don't talk until into the next week, a happiest of New Year's, fondest memories of the 2022 that was, and greater prospects for the 2023 that will be for you, for yours, and all of us here in Bulldog Country. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for helping us out and supporting this podcast. And give us a like on Apple Podcast, if you will. We greatly appreciate it. And until next week, thank you very much. Go dogs on Monday. And let's get this thing, this Zach Arnett era started with a really bell-ringing success. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.